Head to netsuite.com slash briefing now for their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, July 6th. It is a busy holiday week in the 2024 campaign. We've got new fundraising figures. We continue to have debates over the primary pledge to get on the Republican debate stage and new campaign ads. All of that, plus Mike Pence's central challenge. Former Vice President Mike Pence is in Iowa all this week. He's hitting 10 counties in this Iowa stretch that he's doing. There are 99 counties in the state, and he hopes to hit them all throughout this campaign. But there was a moment last night in Sioux City where I think this interaction he had with a voter crystallizes the Pence challenge in this race. How does a once loyal Trump lieutenant as vice president who defended everything Donald Trump did throughout their four years together, but had this dramatic break on January 6th with his former boss. How does he stand his ground on taking Trump on when it comes to January 6th, but not wanting to offend Trump voters and wanting to actually reach out and try to persuade them to come into his camp? It is a very tricky challenge for the former vice president. Listen to this exchange he had with this voter in Sioux City last night. If it wasn't for your vote, we would not have Joe Biden in the White House. Do you ever second guess yourself? That was a constitutional right that you had to send those votes back to the states. Let me let me speak to the issue, because I think it's, it's an issue that continues to be misunderstood. But I know by God's grace I did exactly what the Constitution of the United States required of me that day. I kept my own. States conduct our elections. You never want to let Washington, D.C. run elections. You certainly would never want one person in Washington, D.C. to decide who the President of the United States is. You were just sending it back to the states. Ma'am, let me explain it to you. I'm sorry, ma'am, but that's actually what the Constitution says. No vice president in American history ever asserted the authority that you have been convinced that I had. But I want to tell you, with all due respect, I said before, I said when I announced President Trump was wrong about my authority that day, and he's still wrong. And it's not just a political challenge for Pence, of course. It is a very real challenge for our democracy, because there is a not insignificant chunk of the Republican primary electorate who is still totally believing the election lies that Donald Trump has been peddling for years. And if Mike Pence had done what Donald Trump wanted, he would have altered history. When Pence is not having to explain the actual constitutional responsibilities of his job on January 6th, he is drawing contrasts with Trump on policy issues, such as on foreign policy. His super PAC is up with a new ad that clearly separates Pence from Trump when it comes to dealing with foreign leaders. There can be no room in the leadership of the Republican Party for apologists for Putin. There can only be room for champions of freedom. In this ad, the super PAC supporting Pence places Pence in the Reagan mold of foreign policy, tough with these dictators around the world. The question is, 
is this Ronald Reagan's Republican Party? Because all evidence would suggest that it's not. I would expect Mike Pence to answer a bunch of these questions about sort of his challenge here on that August 23rd debate stage. It's not entirely clear who else is going to be on the stage. The RNC, as you know, has set a pretty high threshold both in polling and in grassroots donations for candidates to qualify for the debate stage. And if indeed they do qualify on those two fronts, the RNC is requiring candidates to sign a loyalty pledge that they will support the Republican nominee at the end of the day, no matter who it is. Well, Will Hurd, the former Republican congressman from Texas who is now running for president, was on CNN this morning making clear again he'll never support Donald Trump, even if he is the nominee of the party. The issue is not with me uh, supporting the Republican nominee. The issue is I'm not going to support Donald Trump. And here's why. Donald Trump is a proven loser. Of course, it's not just anti-Trump Republicans in the field who are wrestling with this pledge. Donald Trump himself has been noncommittal on signing a pledge. It would depend. I would I would give you the same answer I gave in 2016 during the debate. It would have to depend on who the nominee was. That was back in February on Hugh Hewitt's radio show. Chris Christie, the former New Jersey governor, seems to be making clear that he'll sign the pledge to get on the debate stage if that's required, but he has no intention of actually following through on that pledge if Donald Trump is the ultimate nominee. And when he was on State of the Union with CNN's Jake Tapper last month, he said Donald Trump set the precedent here back in 2016. As you'll remember, Reince Priebus had to go up to Trump Tower to get him to sign it, to ask him to do so. He did. And then we went to a subsequent debate and we were all asked if we would reaffirm our support of whoever the nominee was going to be by raising our hand. There were 10 of us on the stage. Nine of us raised our hands. The one who didn't was Donald Trump. The former Arkansas governor, Asa Hutchinson, also a anti-Trump Republican candidate trying to carve out an anti-Trump lane in this Republican primary. He was on the Hugh Hewitt radio show today, and he acknowledged he has not yet crossed that threshold of 40,000 donors from 20 states. We've got till like August 23rd to get there. So we have work to do. We're going to get there, but it's just a matter of dollars and cents and uh, magnifying the message between now and August. And of course, the question hangs over all of this is, is the debate going to be worth it? Is it going to be worth it to make the debate stage if the front runner, Donald Trump, chooses not to participate, which, according to what he told Fox News last month, may be a possibility. I like to debate. I mean, I probably am here because of debates. I don't mind it at all. But when you're 40 points up, and you're running against, and even one came out today that you saw 51 points up. Why would I let these people take shots at me? And now we're learning it's not just the debate stage. The Republican Party of Florida is now requiring every candidate to file for the Republican presidential primary in the Sunshine State to sign a loyalty pledge that they will indeed support the ultimate nominee. So we'll see if this is a trend that grows, but it seems that it is not just going to be contained to efforts to get on the debate stage, but actually onto the ballots and the ability to collect delegates. You heard Donald Trump talk about how he's so far up in the polls, he may not want to let folks take shots at him on the debate stage. Well, he may also be far ahead in fundraising. We still are waiting to hear all of the fundraising numbers from the second quarter this year, but the Trump campaign put out its combined campaign and PAC total 
They raised $35 million in the second quarter. That is nearly double the $18.8 million the combined entities collected in the first quarter. Sort of answering the question, are these criminal indictments Donald Trump is facing a hindrance or a help to his campaign? At least financially, they seem to be a help. As for Donald Trump's closest competitor in the race, Ron DeSantis, his campaign announced late today that it raised $20 million in the second quarter, with an official from the Super PAC supporting DeSantis saying it raised $130 million since launching in March. We'll have to see when the paperwork filed with the FEC is available in the middle of July, how much of that $20 million the DeSantis campaign claims it raised in the quarter is for the primary election versus the general election, and how much of it has already been spent, how much is left cash on hand. As for the Democratic side of the campaign trail today, President Biden headed down to very deep red South Carolina to make his latest pitch for his Bidenomics and try to sell a more positive economic vision than Americans seem to be buying at the moment. I'm not here to declare victory on the economy. I'm here to say we have a plan that's turning things around quickly, but we have a lot more work to do. Bidenomics is just another way of saying restoring the American dream. Obviously, Biden is not there in South Carolina because he thinks he's going to really contest it in November of 24. But he does owe some thanks to South Carolina for launching him to the Democratic nomination in 2020, which ultimately set him up to win the White House that year. That is also no doubt why Joe Biden has asked the Democratic Party to rejigger its nomination calendar and have the Palmetto State at the very front of the pack. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.